Hello and welcome back to another edition of Rinkwise, New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Back in studio again, joining us is Evan Miranovsky. Evan, how are we doing this morning? I am doing great, Stephanie. It's great to be back. How are you? Wonderful. In the midst of hockey season, so... Yeah, it's coming to an end, though. I and mean, that's what we're here. And you were saying when you came in today, you were like, I can't believe it's already playoff time. And, like, you forget, like, when I was covering NHL, the season doesn't end until May, June. College doesn't end until beginning of April. This is end of February, and we're like, yeah, the end of hockey season. It's a really weird thing. I forgot about this. It really came fast, yeah. After the holiday break... As we said it would, it just comes really fast. And here we are getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, starting next it's week. crazy. Weren't we just here like previewing all this stuff? And now we're, it's the end. It's crazy. We sure were. And really exciting that we do have our playoffs on the prep scene coming up next week. And that's what we're here to talk about this morning. So giving you our in-depth analysis of the boys prep playoff preview. Yes. It is. It's an exciting time. I mean, I, I've covered a lot of boys prep this year. It's been a fantastic season. It's a lot of talent out there. And it's been one of those things kind of getting to, to know the landscape and, and first and foremost, meeting parents and coaches and players and people at games and stuff. It's really been a fun season. And we hope you guys have been enjoying it on the website with our coverage, hopefully in here listening to us on the podcast. But we got we to gotta dive into some predictions and analysis of some of these teams. It should be good. Absolutely. And we should also just mention that at the recording time of this podcast, some of these teams are going to have probably just one more game left yes. to play. Yep. So most of these standings are through and most teams will just wrap up their final game of the season but I think we have a pretty good grasp and pulse pulse on things so far yeah I mean the season's basically done as you said a game left the seedings are not official yet the matchups are certainly not official yet but we have as you said we have a pretty good idea of where things stand I think there's still some I would imagine still some teams who are hoping to kind of bump into that elite eight but it feels relatively set so we can talk. I mean, we definitely the big teams are, are like the Cushing, the Avons, the Nobles. Like we know they'll be in the Elite Eight, even Milton, those teams, Belmont Hill. But yeah, it, it'll be this will be a fun, fun time. Oh, it's always a fun time. And let's start with the Elite Eight, shall we? So we'll yes. start right from the top. And of course, Cushing was our preseason number one. Yeah. Our, our feature story. And looks like we have them out as our number one going into the preseason. Yeah, playoff season. It's incredible. Me. I mean, I got to give ourselves credit here. We had Cushing on the cover of the November December magazine and uh, they've lived up to it. We said I remember you and I both said at the beginning of the year, we we put a lot of expectations on Cushing. I think they had a lot of expectations, but the fact that we put them on the cover, they were in every story. I had some really big time players obviously like Lana Resendez, you think Ardula, Zach Rizzo and Ryan Philbrick. Um but, I mean, they have lived up and surpassed all those expectations, right? At the, as of right now, 23-1-4, one regulation loss all season. But, I mean, again, I think it even goes past the, the top of that team. I think that team has a lot of depth, but Jack Costanzo. Sounds like Costanza for the Seinfeld fans out there. We, we um, remember that show. Yeah, so, yeah. guys, Seinfeld's my favorite. Of so, course, it was yeah. uh, Jack Cost- George Costanza, Jack Costanzo, same thing. But yeah, Emerson Marshall, Linus Dinus, and then Cooper Rottenstruck and Nett. And then you have some depth on D with people like Tyler Rizzo. So that's a team, we'll probably get into some predictions later on. That's a team that is really set for the Elite Eight. And they're going to be a really tough out because they're deep. They have depth at every position. They've won a lot of big games this year. So that feels to me like a team that I don't see getting upset. I see that team having a lot of success in the Elite Eight. We'll get into later whether or not who wins the whole thing. But that's a team that's certainly done a lot to get here. And... 
I'm excited to sort of see what they can do in the in the postseason. Indeed, they've had a just an incredible season so far, and clearly, I think going into this playoff with the target on their back. Oh, 100 percent team and, to beat, and they've had the target all year. Even though Salisbury won the Elite Eight Championship, I mean, again, not to pump our tires even more, but like when you're on the cover of a magazine and you're hyped up as much as they were kind of hyped up by us, preseason number one and all that, and other places had that number one as well. So, I mean, again, I just think they have they had the they had the the team to do it. And so far, I mean, so far, so good for the for Paul Pearl's team. We'll see if they can finish it. We'll see. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, I don't I don't want to jump out in front of ourselves too much no, early, early on. Of course not. No, we've so moving down our list. So Nobles, which really has had another incredible season and we did not have them on our preseason top 10 list, but they've had an incredible season and certainly in the run here at the top of the list going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think the reason for them not being in the top 10 at the beginning of the year was they they don't have that typical star up front, but they have a lot of really good forwards. Dennis Davidson, Ted McOsland, they have some other others as well who are really just consistent producers. You don't need, or not every team needs the Joe Connors of the world, the Landon Resendezes. I mean, I think every team would like that, but they, they have just, they're consistent up front. That's, and that's really what you need. I mean, their biggest thing to me is in net with Thatcher Bernstein, who actually lately has kind of struggled. He's not, I don't think he has been as good as he has always been, but I think, and I wrote this on the website in the Elite Eight forecast post, they're going to go as far as he takes them. I think he's still like, from what I've seen in prep, he's the most technically sound goalie I've seen. Just the way he moves in the net. Look, I wasn't a goalie, so I, I can't sit here and say you have a full breakdown, but just really good at moving around the net, always square to the shooter, things like that. And I do think, like, he won Floodmar MVP last year. I do think they will go as far as he takes them. But I mean, again, like, on D, they've got, they have some good seniors Matt Tully, Brian Grant, Will Brophy. Like, they have a good. Uh, collection of veterans on D. I know from the from the times I've seen Nobles this year, they're not they don't have super dynamic defensemen who are going to take it end end every time. But like they get the job done. And when it comes time for the Elite Eight, there's not a lot of space on the ice. But go, that goes for the small school and the large school tournaments as well. There's not a lot of space, Stephanie, from from when your teams are in the playoffs and like. You, sometimes those defensemen and those players that are super dynamic can get shut down. So you need kind of those just kind of get the job done kind of players. They have that on D. And then up front, as I said, Ted McAuston, Dennis Davidson, Ethan Cox as well, Austin Tasca. So they, they're a strong group. They're a very strong group heading in. And I, again, I think it just kind of comes back to Thatcher Bernstein and how, much, uh, how far he takes them. Well, it'll be interesting for sure, and there's something to be said about an outstanding goalie, and particularly one that can steal a game, potentially. That's the thing, and I think there's a few of these teams that benefit from that. A few of these teams do have um, high-caliber goalies. No, none of these teams have bad goalies, but I think a lot of the, a couple of these teams that we'll get to, Cushing, Cooper Rottenstruck, solid, but you know, Thatcher Bernstein with Nobles, we'll get to Milton in a bit, Taft is another one, like... These goalies who can steal games. That's the biggest thing. Is if you're a smaller seed and you're looking to take down a top seed, most likely you're probably getting outshot in that game. You're going to have to pack it in a bit. You're going to have to try to keep them to the perimeter. And you need your goalie to step up and make some huge saves. So Bernstein can do it. I don't think Nobles will be getting outshot like that because they're going to be a higher seed, most likely. But yeah, I mean, it really comes down. I mean, if you have a if you have a elite goalie in this gauntlet of, of games, you have a clear advantage on your other team. That's kind of captain obvious, but yes, you have a big advantage. That's why the playoffs are just so exciting too. One one game series. That's the beauty of it. And that's also the, the horrible part of it, right? I mean, the, the, the good you, and the bad. The that's good right. and the bad. It's You can get upset by it. You can also be a huge beneficiary of it, but it makes it more exciting.
It makes it much more exciting. It definitely does. I know with some of my teams in the past, like we've been on both sides of it. We've upset yeah. teams in the playoffs, like big upsets. And we've also been upset, bad upsets. So yes. it's it's tough. It's uh, the playoffs. It's just a whole new season, as they say, the second season, which it's a clean slate at that point. I think teams want, I mean, ultimately, like I remember from my teams, you always want to be playing your best when the playoffs come around, right? That's the most important thing. And I think some of these teams are in that position. A team like Cushing has been playing their best throughout the whole year, right? Nobles stumbled a bit lately, but, you know, I think they've been totally, like, they're fine overall. Some of the teams, there were teams that were in the Elite Eight hunt and then kind of stumbled in the last month. There are teams that are in the Elite Eight hunt now that, you know, weren't a a month ago. So I think those teams have the advantage. If you come in hot like that, there is something for that. And some of these teams we'll get to in a bit are are, beneficiaries of that. Well, and moving down our list a little further. So the elite eight list, we have next Avon old farms and Belmont Hill. What are your thoughts on them? Well, I mean, I, to me, I look at Avon, they, I, I think there are three teams in the elite eight right now that are the top tier. I think Avon rounds out that list. I think it's Cushing, Nobles, and Avon. Avon is 100% in that grouping. Joe Connor's incredible. Like I, I just think that the season he, the season he has put on for them has been really special. And I think I, he had a lot of hype coming out of last summer. And I think he's just continued that. And again, like Charlie Golub, Joe Daniak, like those two have also been key for them up front. Again, in net, you have Stephen Peck. He doesn't get a ton of shots. Avon is so good and is good at kind of keeping teams to the outside. So I, I think he doesn't always get tested as much but when he has he's been good so like you can't really fault him for that and then again like you have two seniors on d and jack kennedy and jordan palmer who are very experienced who are very good and again that's a team that typically does well like john gardner's teams are good and so again i i look at them and i think they're going to be very tough out because again like cushing they kind of have a little bit of everything, which is what you want, right? You have the star power up front. You have a good supporting cast up front. You have some experience on D and you have a really solid goalie in Steven Peck. So they're a team that I think could really make some noise. Obviously going to be tough to get past Cushing and Nobles, just like for Nobles and Cushing, it's going to be tough to get past Avon. Belmont Hill's a different story. Belmont Hill's very interesting. They were a little slow out of the gate, made an incredible run last year to the Elite Eight final where they lost to Salisbury, but they lost a lot last year and credit to them for in the second half they completely turned it around and for, since january 11th only one tie and only one loss like they have completely done a 180 and kind of found themselves in net it's interesting so in net they had jj thibodeau a freshman who's been good but they've also been using sophomore keegan wilson of late and they've used him I know they used him in their most recent game against Tabor, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they handle the net because i know jj thibodeau had a a little bit of a rough outing against Milton uh, about a week ago. But he's had an incredible season. I mean, for a freshman, like, th- to me, what's inter- what's really impressive about Belmont Hill is Thibodeau's no 07. He's a freshman. Came in, has played by far the most minutes, put up really good numbers. So, like, again, whatever they end up deciding in net, I think Thibodeau's season's been... You don't, you just don't see it in prep hockey much with, with, an, with a freshman who's an 07. But, you know, they have... 
they have a good senior group, like Ronan O'Donnell up front. Brock Cummings has really come into his own as their top center, really a good distributor, someone who plays the game right, right? Daniel Mark and Dane Carter up front. But then on D, like to me, a guy who's really impressed me this year, and he's a Harvard commit, so I can't say he's like underrated, but Matt Biotti, I've really liked how he's played this year when I've seen him. Senior 04, 20 points in 19 games, but just the way he shuts opponents down in his own zone. So I think, again, that's definitely something that benefits Thibodeau or whoever's at net is you're not getting the craziest chances on you because you have a good defense in front of you. Lenny Greenberg falls under that as well. Just committed to Sacred Hearts, so congrats to him. But brand you know, new rink there. Brand new rink. One I know. Like, you have new to England. think like if you get, if you commit to Sacred Heart right now, that's a pretty big thing. You get oh, it's, that it's I have not been there yet, but the pictures have been incredible. Yeah, anyone that's been there says that new facility is just unbelievable. Oh my god. I mean like and it looks lit. I mean I can impart some young some young hip terms here. It looks lit. Looks incredible. So I, I'm a fan. I mean, it's young just, hip terms. Yeah, just in young case hip. No one knew what that meant. Yeah, exactly. In case we'll have to explain it for some folks. But <laughs> but no, I mean, it, like it looks amazing down there. And again, I think he's stepping into a really good situation whenever he does go to Sacred Heart. But again, they've been hot. Of, they're kind of one of those teams, Stephanie. I was alluding to an, a second ago, who not great to start, but has is hot at the right time and has been hot now for over a month. And Brian, I mean, I have all the faith in the world in Brian Finney, right? Comes from kind of, comes from Salisbury with the hind Andrew Will for a while, who's a fabulous prep coach. I think Brian Finney is just an outstanding coach and the experience he got last year, taking them all the way to the championship. I think it, it helps a lot. And he has a, a really good team this year. Um, so again, I mean, I think the only thing that can hurt them is in net. The inexperience in net, I think could end up hurting them if anything does. But, you know, again, really good team. Really good team. <laughs> oh, that's great to see. And as you said, just after losing so much from last year and yeah. to really be picking it up so well in this second half and sounds like really playing some of their best hockey leading into the playoffs right now. That's the biggest thing with them. And I, I, as I said, like, and again, these ISL schools have a very tough schedule. Belmont Hill's been facing Tabor and Milton and Nobles all year. So I think that really sets you up. That really kind of battle tests you a bit. Tough schedule. And you just, you, tough schedule, but you also see the veteran leadership on this team, kind of everything that they have. It, it, it bodes well. It typically bodes well. I mean, again, they went, I think, 5-4-2 and two to open the year. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they're a team that completely deserves to be in that. I don't think they're in the tier one of Cushing, Avon, and Nobles. They could totally prove me wrong, by the way, but they should 100% be a, be a tough out in the Elite Eight. Well, and Evan, as you mentioned, super impressive that an 07 is taking the reins, looks like in net, which is very impressive. And yeah. Especially at this high level in the prep in the prep world. Very impressive and hopefully a great future prediction for Belmont Hill in net. Well. Yeah, I mean, I think getting that experience in, as a freshman, as an 07, I think is so key. You know, obviously, they had Sam Scopa last year, who was an outstanding goalie off in the USHL now, but to be, to be able to... Um, to replace him, in a sense, with a freshman, 07. What's funny, though, is, Stephanie, one of the next teams we're going to talk about is Milton, who is tearing it up this year, surpassed all expectations. Their goalie, Sam Caulfield, used to be on Belmont Hill's JV team last year. Interesting. And now Sam Caulfield has become... That, I mean, he has the best save percentage in prep. You could make an argument is the best goalie in prep hockey at the moment. Um, every time I've watched him, I've been impressed. Incredibly athletic. I know just the way he moves around the net, some of the huge saves he makes, the the glove saves, the post to posts, things like that. I mean, he, I've seen him win games for them. I know. I remember in the Floodmar, they tied Salisbury because of him. I mean, he made some unbelievable saves, and he won MVP as he should have. But he used to be the Belmont Hill JV goalie. So imagine Belmont Hill with Sam Caulfield. My goodness. But yeah, I mean, 
Milton is a team that they lost Mika Kalishan, which is a really tough loss up front. Veteran leader, speedy as anything. One of their top producers lost him to a season-ending injury. So that's not going to help, obviously. However, I love... The, I kind of look at them similar to Nobles up front in that they don't have that star player, but they have a lot of guys who get the job done. Jacob Pohl and Will Kanata and Henry Cohen. Like, they have a very good cast of reliable top six forwards who are solid in their own end, who forecheck really hard, and who can just kind of make things happen. Like, I saw them, they beat Belmont Hill 6-2, to two, I think, like a week ago. I went through, I braced the I-93 south traffic at like four o'clock for the game. It was well worth it. That's it was commitment. Oh my commitment God. Commitment, Evan, to oh. what you do. When you drive, when you did that bumper bumper traffic, you're like, you know, I could just go home and like whatever, <laughs> but I couldn't. I had to go You had to cover watch. hockey. I had yes. to go. I wanted to watch it. Yes. But it, again, I think they're a team. And, and also you have to consider, it's Paul Canada's last year. He's retiring. Son's on the team. Paul Canada's an amazing coach. Someone that they all look up to, well-revered. They want to win it. For him, like they want to go out on a high note in his final year. And I know winning the Floodmar was a big thing for them, but still having a good performance in the Elite Eight is going to be key for them. And and you look on D2, another, I'm forgetting them on defense. Like obviously they have Caulfield and Net, but Mason Chen is someone who I've loved watching this year. I mean, he has been so impressive to me. His puck moving ability, just how he runs the power play, getting shots through. You also just look at his play in the D zone, kind of shutting guys down along with... Um, along with kind of the rest of their D. Dylan Hunt is another one who a lot of schools are looking at. So to me, I look at, they're very well-rounded. They don't have maybe that star power, like the Chris Romain that they had last year, but I still, I still, I like that team, especially with Caulfield and Nett. They're a, again, we don't know the seeding yet. We don't, as of right now, as of recording, they would be projected as like the fourth seed in the Elite Eight. So they're, they're in that top group, but you know, they're a team that, that like has what it takes, I, I think. So we'll see. Another well-rounded team, as you mentioned, like all of these teams that we're discussing, they're just, they're strong in really all aspects. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. All right, class, it's the NCAA Men's Frozen Four. Welcome to Fandom 101. Want to help your team rule the rink? Here's your assignment. Lesson one, go big for every goal. Two, when you bring it, bring enough for the whole class. And three, attendance is encouraged, but passion is mandatory. The NCAA Men's Frozen Four, April 6th and 8th at Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. Buy your tickets today at NCAA.com slash MFrozen4. Class dismissed. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. 
I know we discussed leading into the season that uh, there's going to be a lot of really close matchups come postseason, and it sounds like that's what's shaping up. That's the thing, and I think none of like last year. I remember Cushing lost to I want to say it was Avon six nothing in the first round. I don't foresee that, and and that. And again, I think Cushing was obviously like an eight seed. They were a younger team. This year, that is going to be much different. I know that's fresh in their minds. I remember doing that story. I remember talking to uh, the leaders on that team, and they were still mad about that. Like they didn't. They they heard it from people. Oh my god, you lost six nothing. This and that. Like that's not fun when you lose like that in the elite eight. So that's fresh in their minds. I know that all of these teams that are in it right now, I mean, as, as of right now, the projected seedings, just to go through it, it's February 23rd. We're recording on February 23rd. You're listening after February 24th. Right now it's one Cushing, two Avon, three Nobles, four Milton, five Brunswick, six Belmont Hill, seven St. Mark's, eight Taft. All those teams have big things that make them, you can't blow them out. They're going to be tough outs. It's going to be close. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Should be fun. Oh, it certainly is. And as you mentioned, Paul Canada retiring after this season. What a great career he's had. And no question, Milton will be playing their hearts out. A little bit of extra zip in their steps. Yeah. To try to win it for him. And that can go a long way sometimes. You can. And I think, again, like he's a good leader. They love, I think he's, as I said, he's revered around the prep scene and what he can do for that team. And he has the, the team to do it, right? Like he's not, just, <laughs> he doesn't have a subpar team. He has a very good team. So when they come from that, they're cut from the same cloth of, they come from the ISL. They have a very tough schedule. And so I think it it's, they're a team that we didn't really touch on them a lot coming into the year. And they came out hot. I remember they beat St. Mark's in their first game of the season. And then they won. They had a good stretch. Won the flood mar. They've been good since. Like they, things have worked for them. And I think a lot of that, but a lot of that goes back to Sam Caulfield and net. He's been outstanding for them. They're going to be a super tough opponent. No question. And looking at a couple of the other teams on our list here. So we have Westminster and Taft. Let's have a closer look at them. Yeah. Westminster's interesting. Westminster, as of right now, they lost to Frederick Gunn on the 22nd on Wednesday. Right now they're projected to be in the large school. But again, things could change. I, it's it's a weird way of doing things. So I don't, I don't quite know if they're going to be in it or not. But Ryan Shaw has been their guy this year. I think you look at how much he's produced. He's been outstanding. You also have, along with him, you have seniors Wade Volo and Rowan Mass. Like, I think that you also have junior forwards Brian Judge and Blake Burke. I think when you have that kind of older group, it makes a huge difference, as, as we've said. I mean, that's like, I think the key to winning in a lot of situ in a lot of, in prep, in MIAA, even in college, if you have the veteran leadership, if you have the kids who've been there or who are older, you have... You have a, you have an edge on a lot of teams, and I think you just look at Ryan Shaw's a junior, Blake Burke is a is a sophomore, but you know you have seniors Wade Volo and Rowan Mass. So like there is that that group there that they could make some noise. Matteo Deluca and Net has had a, an okay season, a solid season. So I I don't see them as a team, quite frankly, that goes super deep. I I just don't see the huge the huge advantage from being honest. But again, like the beauty of hockey is. Anything can happen. Well, in the veteran group, too, as you said. Yeah, I mean, they do have some veterans. And and I think you just look at how good Ryan Shaw's been this year. You can't count him out. 38 points in 23 games. Last I checked, not bad. So, But again, you, I think the other thing is Ryan Shaw Jr., obviously you don't know what they're going to do in the future. Blake Burke, a sophomore, those are the top two point getters on this team. If they do decide to stay, 
Westminster has a huge advantage next year, having those leaders a year older now, right? But again, they could make noise. They could make noise this season. I don't want to count anybody out, but just as of right now, they're outside the Elite Eight forecast. I know in my story they at the time of writing, which was earlier this week, last full week of the regular season, they were very much in the mix. But yeah, since then, they're on the outside right now. Well, Evan will definitely wait to see what their veteran leadership can do for them in the postseason run. And next team on our list is Taft, sort of similar to Westminster. What do you think of them? Yeah, Taft. So we mentioned Sam Caulfield. We mentioned Thatcher Bernstein. They Taft has a goalie who I think Rudy Giamond, who has been unbelievable this year. I mean, you look at some of the performances he's had, the 40 saves. I think he's had a couple 50 save performances. He's stolen them games. And I remember Jeff Cox saying at the beginning of the year he would benefit a lot as a goalie. He'd get a lot of shots on him just for because of the group in front of him and the, the team isn't, I guess, the strongest or they're not as good as the Cushings of the world. But Giamond is an, an incredible goalie. And you just look at the season he's had, the amount of shots he's had, still having the save percentage he does. That's a goalie who, again, like I look at him and say, wouldn't surprise me if he stole a few games. Mm. And, you know, that right now, as of right now, they would project, be projected to play Cushing. If they make the Elite Eight, they will play either Cushing, Avon, or Nobles most likely. So can Gmon steal them a game? Maybe. I mean, I, I think it's totally possible. I think he's a high candidate for it. But again, like, they have a really good group of veteran forwards, seniors Jackson Hole and J.J. Lemieux. I do that top prep performers every week. They're on it every week. <laughs> Jackson Hole and J.J. Lemieux. Always on it. So, again, I think for me, like, those are two guys up front who can make a difference. And on D, you have Alexander Kennerson and Leland Johnson and Nick Lancaster. Like, I think they have a good good crew there. And I think that mixed with Giamond and Nett, you, you might steal a game or two. It's a recipe for sure. Yeah. There's a recipe there for success. Yeah. Seeing really what these goalies can do and if they can steal a game. Because really, talking about a lot of these schools, Cushing, I mean, is there a, another team that can really match their depth? I think that's the number the, one question. That's a big thing. And, and that's one of the tough parts about those top three teams. But Cushing, especially with their depth, can... Can a team match that? That's And you know this from coaching. That's the biggest thing, is matching depth. When you can't, then it comes down to goaltending, right? Can your goalie make 35, 40 saves, 45 to win a game? Gmon can. So that is a route for Taft to make a move deeper in the Elite Eight. And I think, Evan, too, like I think you play a team like that, you also have to kind of approach it with a bit of a strategy. You, know, you, with, you play those, those top teams like Cushing, you have to – really commit to playing defense and having rock solid defense if you're going to beat a team like that. It reminds me of, and I'm, I'm crossing leagues here, but when I was in the MIA, when I was playing for Framingham, when we were in the playoffs, we went up against Zavarian and Zavarian was much better than us. And we, we got outshot like 40 to 15 or something. It was not a close shots on goal thing. We beat them, I think, 2-0. Yeah. Because we just played solid D. We kept shots to the outside. We packed it in. We didn't really let them get to the middle much. Our goalie, Alex Moore, shout out to him, played incredible. Yeah. And we got to the next round. Like, And so I think for a team like Taft, if you can edge out like a 2-1 win, 2-0 win, and have Giamon kind of rise to the occasion like that you can make it you can be a tough team to beat and you can be frustrating now is that good enough to beat Cushing if they face him in the first round I have a tough time thinking it is you never know that's the fun of this whole thing that's it you do you don't you don't know because one game series right one game series Stephanie that's the beauty of it 
makes it fun. So let's go down our list here. Who do we have up next? We have Brunswick and uh, St. Mark's as well. Those are the two teams that are very much in the mix. Brunswick is, Brunswick has a very good, so Brennan Hollihan in net is very good. I know he had a tough time throughout the year for a little bit. They kind of got him back on track. He's been good of late. But, you know, they have, they have three forwards, two juniors, a senior, who have been they're the big breadwinners, so to speak, up front. Sean Gibbons, Jr., him and Drew DeSala, De La Sala, another junior. Uh, I believe Drew De La Sala is committed to Harvard. Great 06. Both have 38 points. They have been really outstanding. Senior Eli Friedman with 37. James Shannon, another senior. Like So they have a very good top six. They have a very good top six up front. And you just look at, they can score. They do not have an issue scoring. And again, like Mike Kennedy is a very, very good coach. And they've had a, they've had a solid year. They won the Kevin Much tournament at St. Sebastian's back around the holidays. And they're a team that good senior goalie in Brennan Hollihan, strong up front. They're going to be a tough out. I don't think there's no one in the Elite Eight I look at as like an easy out because you're in the Elite Eight. <laughs> it's of good hockey, right? Yeah, just to now, get there. The question is, is Brunswick on the, can Brunswick match the level of Avon, Cushing, Nobles. That's going to be tough. That won't be easy. No one's going to have an easy time with that. But I do think that it's rare, though, you see a team. It's hard to outscore teams in, in playoff hockey. That is a big thing. But they do have the the they do have the the group up front that could potentially do it. Yeah, and I think it's probably safe to say that the the four teams that you just mentioned, the the heavyweights, if you will, of the Elite Eight, they're they have more depth than these other teams that we're talking about. And I think the question is, do they have enough? Are, there, are those top six forwards that Brunswick has enough to pull off a big upset? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it comes down to you have to, in that case, if you're Mike Kennedy, obviously you shorten the bench a little bit. But I think also it's just, can they, if they are, like as of right now, they're the they're five seeds. So th- as of right now, again, this is, if you're listening to this after the matchups have come out, whatever. But right now, as of right now, they've been playing Milton, right? That's a close matchup. Like that's a, that's borderline a coin flip. It's one goal game. That is. Either team. And so again, like, I, I think they have a good group. It's just kind of, can they push past that first round? Can they make an impact past that? What remains to be seen. You move on to a team like St. Mark's. Now, St. Mark's lost Richard Gallant. That's most a big loss. Huge loss. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big loss. But as I've said many times, I've written this a few times, when I've seen St. Mark's play, I wrote about this in the, their Elite Eight their Elite Eight preview, they have a really good group of forwards. It's not just Gallant. Like, obviously, Gallant's the big guy and TDP candidate for, for next year. Like, every colleges are looking at him like crazy. Great 07. But senior Sebby Johnson, 41 points in 26 games this year. Like, he's been a difference maker. Calvin Beard on defense, to me, has been... I wrote about him as one of the top breakout players of the season. He's someone who's impressed me every time I've watched him. Great shot from the point. Really good moving the puck out of his own zone. Poised. Like, that's one thing, and you notice this too. Like, at this level... What, what separates defensemen is how poised are you with the puck? Sure. Are you panicking? Are you rimming it around the boards? Are you throwing it off the glass? Or are you taking a second, finding open ice, and looking for that first pass? Beard is very good at doing the latter of that. And then Jimmy Liver, Jonathan Balzarini, Andrew Gibbons, Damon Myers. like th- These are kids who are consistent producers. All of, the, all of those kids are just about point-per-game players. Um, 
And you have Carl Corzini as a coach, who's a very good offensive coach. Good coach all around, but he's a terrific offensive player. His teams are very offensive. But the one knock on St. Mark's is always their schedule isn't as tough. They're over in the ISL Eberhardt. But as I wrote online, like, they take care of business. <laughs> like, there's something to be said for that. They sure do, Like, yeah. in, like similarly, I guess, I'm going to cross sports here, Gonzaga in basketball, right? They don't play as tough a schedule, but they're a good team. They take care of business. St. Mark's is, I think, a similar thing. I, I remember talking to Carl at the beginning of the year and him saying, how do we get into that upper echelon of, how do we get into the Elite Eight? How do we not, how are we not a borderline team? Definitely having Richard Gallant would have helped, but come playoff time, they do have a little bit of depth up front with those with those forwards who I think can make a difference. And then can the goaltending hold up? Charles Watson and Jeevan Anand have kind of split time a bit. Both seniors. So it's going to come down to whether or not whoever holds the net can kind of do enough to win. But yeah, I mean, I, I think having Gallant, not having Gallant hurts. 100% hurts, but you do have a, a solid supporting cast as well. Never easy losing a key player like that, Evan. And unfortunate, of course, to injury. But that's teams have to rally around that. You have to push through adversity sometimes. And as you said, I think there's something to be said about a great defenseman with a lot of poise and can really quarterback the team in the back end and make good decisions. And a lot of a lot of things revolve around a great defenseman that can really control the play and starting in the back end. And so we'll, we'll see if that team can push through that bit of adversity, losing a key player like Gallant. Yeah, and they, I mean, again, they have other good D as well, like Maddox, Maddox Lizot, Justin Perret. Like, they have good... They have good defensemen as well. Calvin Beard, to me, has just stood out. Good 05. Someone stood out to me a lot this year. But yeah, I mean, again, not having Gallant definitely puts a dent in them making a run. But again, they got a motivated group of forwards there. And I don't know. I w it just good team. It'll be interesting to see what happens. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Yandel, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? 
Moving down our list, next we have Tabor and Salisbury. What are your thoughts on them? So both, as of right now, would be on the outside. Both most likely, or they would be in the large school tournament. Um, Tabor's been an interesting team all year. They've definitely, they've been, they're a team kind of the opposite. I, I remember just now we were talking about teams that have come into the tournament hot. They had a really good first half. The second half has not been as good for them. Obviously, they've lost some close games. They've had some OT losses, a lot of a fair amount of ties. So they've fallen on some tough times, but I still think like um, Jack DeRusso has been one of the most impressive players I've seen this year. Kind of does it all. Great senior. Keenan Dewberry is an interesting one. I wrote about him actually in the story. He's someone, he's right under a point per game, but the impact, he plays so hard that I think he's a guy that could translate well to an Elite Eight setting or a playoffs, not Elite Eight, but a playoff setting, just kind of making a big difference, playing hard, forechecking hard, all those things. Gus Ackerman and Nett has been good. Solid year this year for him. Good goalie. So again, they're a team that I think what in the large school tournament will be a hard team to knock out. Salisbury is an interesting one. Salisbury is another one. They're on the outside, probably won't make it. As of right now, again, things can change. I want to crush dreams if I don't have to. Andrew Will, obviously, you know, incredible coach. They're the reigning champions of last year. They lost a ton of people, though. But, you know, they sort of found themselves in the second. They don't, they're not, no one's jumping off the page. They do have a sophomore 07, Liam Kilfoyle, who we highlighted preseason as someone who really can make a huge difference. Good player in net with Matt Alberti and Cooper Fleming splitting time. It hasn't been the most jump off the page season for them. But with good coaching and they, they're a disciplined team, can they squeak out a few low-scoring close games in the playoffs? Potentially. So they're two interesting teams to watch. Yeah, and with most teams going to be finishing off their final game of the season very soon, of course some of this could change, but it it looks like it's solidified and a team like Tabor just on the outside looking in for the Elite Eight could potentially make a, a good run, though, for getting the big school championship. Potentially. And the other, another team I want to look at, or two, or we'll start with one and go to the other, Dexter. Dexter's an interesting group because they had a tough start to the year. They like had a ton of ties, didn't look good for a little while. L- tough scoring for them. They've turned it around completely of late. They haven't had the they didn't have the hardest of schedules. But again, like I said with St. Mark's, credit to them. They went on a good winning streak since January 25th. They haven't lost in regulation since January 7th, which I think you know, that's impressive. That. It yeah. is impressive. Strong um, second half of the season. Very then. strong second half. So they're a team that I think I, I just saw them tie Holderness on Wednesday night. Holderness is another a team that we'll get to in a second. But Dexter is up front. They've struggled to score this year. But again, I think they have, they have some good they have some good forwards up front. Nate Porter and Connor Sutherland. Cullen Emery missed Wednesday's game, but he's been solid this year. But you know their strength is on defense. So they have Sean Cohane, whose NHL teams are are closely watching. You have Mick Frechette, who has been. I talk about Calvin Beard with St. Mark's. Mick Frechette is a guy that every time I watch him, you know, he's all around the puck, making good plays, dynamic trying to hit someone through the glass. <laughs> like, you know, scored again on Wednesday night. So, um, 10 goals this year. So, he's been he's been impressive. They have a good defensive core. Jonathan Lands as a part of that as well. So, good defensive core. I think if they're going to make a run in, as of right now, they're in the they're in the large school. They're num- I think, I believe they're the number one seed in the large school tournament. As of right now, again, we're not talking anything official. Want to remind folks. Speculation. Speculation a bit. Inform speculation, I guess, because it's, yep. it's, it's projected. But they will, if they want to make a run, it's going to be low scoring games. I think that's going to be their thing. Holderness, as we're talking about them, really good team. Really, really, a, 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 they have a good veteran 
group of forwards. And in net, Evan Plunkett has had an outstanding season. His goals against average is under two. 932 save percentage. He was great Wednesday night against Dexter when I saw him. And they have some really good defensemen as well. Mobile defensemen. I wrote about this after the game on Wednesday night. Caden Harrington committed to Vermont. Everybody knows about 06. Will Robb, sophomore 07. Really good mobile defenseman. And then up front, you have you have guys like Caden Wells and Maxine Charbonnet and Jake Bollinger. Tommy Dwayne is another one who's a, a really good senior forward. So yeah, I mean, right now, like they are, they're a, they're a good team. It'll be interesting to see kind of what they do because I believe right now they are the second seed in the small school tournament. So they're a team that could make some serious noise. I mean, I think they, they tied Kimball Union at one point. So a good team, a good team for sure. Yeah, and Evan, I think it's also maybe just worth explaining or mentioning to our audience how the playoff brackets will work in the NEPSAC because there's, after the Elite Eight is formed, so it's basically the, the top eight overall in the entire league based on the RPIs, and then after the Elite Eight, they will take the top six large school, so based on a school's population, and then the, the next bracket, the final bracket, would be the top six in the small school again, based on the school's population. So 20 teams overall. So I think just worth explaining that just so folks have a, a, a better sense of how the playoffs work. But so potentially three championships to be won by these by teams. Yeah, and that's the fun part of it is it'll be a great day at St. Anselm on March 5th when there's three championships. Under one roof. Can't get better than uh, that. Which is great. And eight teams in each tournament, which is terrific. And I just think that uh, it's... And, and another team that I, I do want to highlight before we before we kind of make some predictions. We'll throw out some predictions, of course. Kimball Union in the small school tournament for the number one seed right now. They've had a good Good season. They had a little hiccup in the middle, but you know they have the star power up front with Jackson Kirkostas, Jack Sadowski, Sam Ledrew, really good defensemen, and Andrew O'Sullivan and Jack McMinn. Ian Ramsey's another one as well. In net with Dan Haru, I believe a Vermont commit. All these kids are committed, a lot of them. So it's like, like in your head, like Vermont, like Harvard, RPI. Like you just kind of, but, but good team. And Tim Whitehead's an outstanding coach. So they're a team I think will do very well if they do end up being the number one seed in the small school tournament. They have a, a group that that's really good. I mean, they're to me, they're a borderline elite eight team. Um, but and, and and clearly they they still are. And that's where we had them, I think, to start the season. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And so, yeah, but they're they're a good team and they're going to be a, a tough out for whoever faces them in the small school tournament if they end up being still in the small school tournament, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of talent there for sure. I think, yeah, whatever division they end up in for the playoffs, they'll be a very tough opponent. Yeah. And then some other teams that we can kind of mention, St. Sebastian's, that's a team that, again, I think has had some ups and downs this year. As of late, they haven't had a ton of wins, but they're going to, they have a, a good forward crew. I mean, Teddy Mutrin up front, sophomore 07 was someone we highlighted at the beginning of the year. NTDP candidate for, for next year. People, I love the way he plays. I'm not alone in thinking that, by the way. <laughs> Everyone loves the way that, the way that kid plays. We had a story on him and his brother, Casey, who has been, who has really emerged. A freshman, he's an 08. Crazy to think kids were born in 2008, but that's, that's getting older. But you got a long way to go. I know, right? <laughs> I know what I mean. He's stunned for a long time. But so I think he's a kid who both the Mutrum boys are similar kind of players, impact wings. 
two-way players, very smart. But you also have Matt Cataldo, recently committed to Brown, junior 05. He's their leading scorer. I mean, he's so impactful at both ends of the ice and kind of just so, so good in his in the offensive zone. Isaac Mitchell, really speedy winger, 30 points in 23 games. Ben Merrill's someone who, sophomore 05, bigger winger who's had a real breakout year this year. He was another breakout player in my story. He's someone who's really emerged for them as an impact winger. Nolan Flynn as well. So they have a good group, the Russo and Nett. It'll be interesting to see kind of if they can make some noise. That that large, I will say, as of right now, that projected large school, large school bracket looks tough. So it's going to be very difficult to get through that. But they do have some some really good players, for sure. I think all three of those divisions are just going to be some great playoff hockey matchups. Yeah. Just really exciting. Which should be fun. And I, I, we say, I say it all the time, but it's, it. I know for parents, it's nerve wracking, right? Yeah. You're watching it. Your kids are in the game and all that. But it's it's great hockey. And I think that's, that's first and foremost, which is great. And then the final school we have on our list is the Frederick Gunn School. Yes, they're they're a good team. They were they were certainly in the Elite Eight contention. They've they they lost to Brunswick in overtime on February seventeenth. But they've had a good they've had a good season. Alex Lagarcio, really good shot. Great 25 goals this year. Really good forward. Jacob Rothman's another one. Mark Pizzo. Those three on that that top line have been outstanding. All three juniors, by the way. So if they all do stay, that's a big up. That's great. Um, yeah. Greg Badger next, next year. year. Yeah. In net, Ryan Croshaw Sr. has been great. Mitchell McCusker's seen some time as well, a junior. And then on D, Michael Ryan, Christian Woods. So that's a team that does have some firepower up front that could potentially cause them to make some noise in I believe right now they are in the small the number three projected seed in the small school tournament so could make noise I mean they were right in it with the elite eight for a little bit there so an older team that can do some damage potentially so another interesting group well Evan as always a very thorough assessment here on these schools and teams and players and what potentially the brackets and and the outlook is going to look like for next week. And I, exactly. And before we go, I do want to make a prediction. I would love to hear it. I was just going to ask you. We're not going to do matchup predictions because they're not set in stone. I'm not going to be like, oh, Milton and Brunswick, I'm going to pick Milton. Like, I'm not, we're not doing that. You almost drive yourself crazy if you try to make those, those matchups because they always change. Yes. Yeah. So So we're not going to do that. I will say, I will pick, I will pick a Elite Eight winner. Let's hear it. And I think it'll be Cushing. And I know people won't be surprised by that. Um, I guess I'm sticking with the that's preseason your, pick. That's been your team all year. That's it has. Um, I think they are the best equipped. I think when you consider what happened last year, I think when you consider the star power they have up front, the depth, everything they have. Landon Resendez, I think, is he's the best player I've seen in prep hockey this year. So I think that is important to remember but Ethan Gardula has been outstanding he's someone that NHL teams have been watching he's a draft eligible kid this year does the little things right I think compliments Resendez really really well when those two are put together on opposite wings and then I just think they're well-rounded like and I, I just they've they've dominated this year and I suspect they will continue to. So they are my prediction for the Elite Eight. That is my official prediction. I will stand by that. They are seem to be the team that everybody is chasing. And if I'm right, you all get to pat me on the back. If I'm not, you can't. No one can bring it up. It never happened. I never well, predicted that. <laughs> That's I don't works, know about right? that. But <laughs> yes, and yeah, no, we'll we'll absolutely see. It's going to be just a, an incredibly exciting week next week, and it's hard to win. They've had a great season, just an incredible season. They've dominated, as you said. It's. It's also hard to win, though. It's hard to win that final game. And I think we're going to see a lot of really close matchups next week. A lot of overtimes, 
a lot of one goal games. Great for the heart. Yeah. All the overtimes. I bet people will be very sane when all that's happening, which will be nice. They'll be relaxed, right? That's what happens during overtime hockey. And I guess just quickly before we go, what about the big school prediction? Oh, okay. Big school, I... It's a tough call. As of right now, so for people to know, the projected right now is number one Dexter, number two Sebs, three Salisbury, four Westminster, five Tabor, six Northfield, Mount Hermon, seven Loomis Chafee, eight Kent. My God, I'm going to lose breath there. I will pick... Salisbury. I think Salisbury comes out of that. I just think they're very well coached. Other teams are well coached. Danny Donato with Dexter's outstanding coach. I've just I've seen Dexter a lot this year. I've seen the struggles up front at times. I just think Salisbury is I'll pick Salisbury out of that group. Why not? Fair enough. Yep. And then finally we have our small school and I think you already maybe hit on it, possibly Kimball Union. Yeah, I think I think I would pick Kimball Union out of that. I mean, no, they're technically as of right now they're projected a one seed. I would pick Kimball Union out of that group. Just a good up up and down team. That would be my pick. So I mean if it's if it's Cushing Salisbury Kimball Union, those are all top teams. But again, like it would not surprise me if some of these lower seeded teams jumped up and made a made an impact. So we'll see. It should be fun. And we always love to see a good upset or two, right? During the playoff run. There will be. I mean, statistically there has to be upsets. So I think there there definitely will be and it should be fun. Well, Evan, we can't wait to watch and, and certainly we'll have a lot of coverage with the New England Hockey Journal and of course by you. So we will be sure to follow. Yeah, at the website, we're going to have a lot on the boys' side. We're going to have a lot of game coverage for the Elite Eight. We're going to have scores and schedules and things like the schedule posts and score posts and things like that, keeping you up to date on everything going on with the tournament. Um, and we're going to have a lot, like postseason, the coverage is not ending when the season ends. We're going to have a lot after the season ends, a lot of um, watch lists, awards, different lists, different kind of season wrap-ups that we're going to have throughout. We're going to have a lot of, we'll even, we might even do some look-aheads to next year, which is kind of dangerous. Why not? But hey. way too early rankings and things like that. That's fun. That's the fun stuff. So we'll, we'll have all of that over at New England Hockey Journal. And then the magazine, when that comes out, that's going to have recaps and commemoratives of each team that won. So it should be a really, it's going to be a crazy next month, but that, it's that's what we love, right? That's how we do it here. That's how we do it. So- well, awesome. Buckle up, everybody. For yeah, sure. strap in, seatbelt, lock it in. Should be fun. Well, Evan, thanks so much for joining us in studio again today. Always a pleasure. Of course. Thanks for having me on. And that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. Our podcast is produced by David Yaz. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Any Hockey Journal. And subscribe online at NewEnglandHockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Production. <laughs>